We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for if you're listening to this on the audio side, wherever you get your podcast from, I appreciate you. If you happen to be watching this on the video side, actually, which is a very rare thing when we're not live at Imperial Pizza. I'm actually um, streaming this on the video side live tonight here late on a Tuesday night. I am joined, as usual, for my Tuesday recordings by uh, a recurring guest, good friend of mine, Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings. Coming to us, like literally live tonight from a hotel near Cleveland, Ohio, man. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Listen, there are a few people I would stay up past my bedtime for, and you are uh, you are one of the few. <laughs> so uh, roster cut down day obviously makes sense and, and good to be uh, good to be on with you again, man. Yeah, man. I always appreciate you having on. And like I said, I appreciate everybody who's tuning in right now or who's going to listen to this on Wednesday. Typically, I feel like a broken record when I say this, Ant, because we record early Tuesday mornings. And then I'm always like, all right, so we're recording this early Tuesday. If anything goes down during the day, you know, it's not going to be on this podcast. Well, right now it's past nine o'clock when we're recording this on the audio side anyway. So I think we're set with news. So this won't sound um, too dated, but yeah, a busy day, obviously for the Buffalo Bills and around the NFL. Going to talk about uh, the roster, the 53-man roster, as things stand right now, because I'm telling you, it's going to change, not just in Buffalo, but probably around the league in the next 24 to 48 hours or so, for sure. Um, so we'll talk about that, a couple surprises, maybe, or at least mild surprises. Obviously, one big uh, notable move today via trade. I'm going to get your thoughts on that as well. I got to say, though, I'd be remiss, before we get going with today's episode, I got to throw a shout-out. I was on my Facebook uh today and you know on facebook you have your memories going back on this date you know so ever many years ago uh three years ago if you're from the city and you followed high school hoops in buffalo and you grew up around the time especially that i did uh you know the name cliff robinson cliff robinson along with bob lanier probably the two most accomplished 
basketball players to ever come out of the city of Buffalo. Uh, Cliff played, you know, nearly 1,400 games in the NBA, former All-Star. Anyway, he passed away at just 50 years old uh, three years ago. So before I get into anything football-related, I just wanted to throw that shout-out. Do you, do you remember the name Cliff Robinson? Oh, I know you didn't grow up in Buffalo, but I'm sure you know him. No, but I mean, I grew up in Rochester. And I mean, listen, growing up in the Northeast, um, I was always a huge college basketball fan. Those old grudge matches throughout the Big East days, right? When you think of what that used to be with sure. UConn, Syracuse, St. John's, Providence, Georgetown, Villanova, Boston College. I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. And, and Clifford Robinson, uh, again, just coming from Buffalo, being a, a force at UConn and then going to the NBA and just having the success that he did. Um, you know, he had a great career as a, as a pro, right. A guy that, that did the little things and uh, you know, he should be remembered for more than just what he was as a basketball player. But, you know, for him to think that was three years ago, it uh, almost feels like it was longer than that. Yeah, for sure. And very young, like you said, he passed away just 50 years old, three years ago. So He's barely older than me. He's only a handful of years older than you. Came up around our era anyway. Just I, I just remember him dominating the, the hoop scene at Riverside High School. And like I said, right alongside Bob Lanier, the most, you know, you could have high school purists will have a debate on some of the greatest players to ever come out of Buffalo. But Bob Lanier, Cliff Robinson, t- take your pick. They're the two most accomplished, two most successful dudes to ever uh, come out of this city. Anyway, uh. Very sad day a couple of years ago. Before we get into cuts, too, um, I got to say, you know, I kind of be a little bit pricky, Anthony, sometimes on on this show, or especially, you know, on my Twitter. Sometimes I, I you, I, well, more me than you. You're a nice, you're a way nicer guy than I am. Um, a lot of people on Twitter, we, we just we treat these these NFL players like they're. Uh, you know, just pawns in in this game that we watch there, you know, that in some cases that we play and we forget at times that they're human, you know, and it's like cut down day. And, I, and I'm thinking about this because it's cut down day. And this is a day where, you know, for, for weeks, we're talking about you and I on the show, your own show, lots of shows that we watch and we listen to, whether it's Buffalo or around the league or just any sport when it comes to being, you know, with players getting cut, you know, it's like, just talking about them like they're little Madden pieces in a, in a video game we play. You know, you take, you kind of lose that that human touch. And I always feel like on cut down day, I'm able, at least in recent years anyway, I'm a little more able to to kind of humanize some of them. And I attribute that to uh, because of one reason. And again, if if you're a fan of the show, if if you've watched the show or listened to the show for a while, um, you know my relationship with Damone Harris. Damone Harris. For people who may not know, he's from Buffalo, born and raised, uh, went to Bishop Time in high school, uh, went to UB, was a walk-on, did not get any D1 scholarships, didn't get any scholarships out of high school, didn't even start till his senior year of time, and, and he got hurt. But anyway, not drafted into the NFL, um, signed as an undrafted free agent in Tampa, spent time there, spent time in Kansas City, spent time in Houston, he was with Atlanta. Anyway, getting to know him, and he's like family to me, literally. The trials and tribulations of a player who has always been out on that bubble. He spends every day, he spent every day in his sixth year in the league. Six years being every day on that roster bubble. Whether it's training camp, whether it's a week at practice where he can be on the practice squad, he might get elevated, he might get cut from the practice squad. He's been cut from teams three times. 
anyway, you kind of, when it gets to be this time of year, you, you really figure out that human element to, uh, to a player. So I don't take, I, even if I don't like a player much as a player, and, I, and I've been very vocal about some Buffalo Bills throughout training camp in the preseason, there's no joy coming out of this mouth right now on a day like today where players are losing their jobs who have, you know, wives and kids and families and people that kind of depend on them. And in a lot of instances, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and by the way, before I turn this over to you, cause I'm sure you got a couple thoughts on this too. Uh, Damone, who he just signed with Atlanta last week. And this is how tough the NFL could be, man. How freaking tough it is. He signed with Atlanta. He got released from Houston. It was actually a mutually, a mutual parting of the ways. And it was talked that he was going to retire, but he didn't retire. He signed with Atlanta less than two weeks ago, played in their last preseason game last week. He had a sack, two tackles for a loss, four tackles overall, played great. I talked to a couple of Atlanta beat reporters, said how good he looked, and then he gets cut today. And who knows, you know, tomorrow maybe he might be on the practice squad or even better, hopefully someone claims him. But you, you get what I'm saying, just the life of a, of a bubble player like today, oh, sure. you, you kind of, you really, you really feel for them on a day like today. Well, you feel you feel for him on a day like today, right? I mean, that certainly goes without saying. But just think whatever in your your life, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this now, you know, think to something where all of a sudden it's like, okay, you no longer have your job. And it's right. not like you can go across town and apply for another job there or work somewhere else within that city. For you to have another opportunity, you got to, you know, back up, you've got to move, you've got to relocate, you've right. got to you know, see what that can look like. And again, you can be somewhere for a week and things might not work out. And it's, it's a tough business, man, to, to say the least. And yeah, when you think about a day like today, um, there's so many guys and, you know, we're not talking about guys that, you know, oh, he wasted his talent or this and that didn't work hard or was a bad teammate. You know, there's so many guys that put so much time and so much effort into this. And again, you know, even, you know, you'll do a 53-man roster projection and you're just, you know, these are names of people that you're just saying, like, cut, cut, cut. Like, it's it's a, it's a little different when you think about this this hobby of ours. It is. And again, you're right, man. The work that these guys put in year-round, we don't see that for the most part. I have been lucky to see it through Damone. You know, I had him on a show live from uh, Imperial and I did the, started that series around April or so. Anyway, I had him on. It was after the draft. I know that. So it was like late April, early May. And you know, I had my guests on and we bang out some wings. And in a lot of cases, we have a couple points. If it's Tim Graham or Tyler Dunn, maybe more than just a couple points. But we, we have a good time. We kick back, we eat, we drink, and, you know, we shoot the shit and we have a fun conversation. Anyway, I had Damone on and literally he couldn't, he, he, it's not that he couldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even have chicken wings, let alone a beer. Yeah. Or anything like that. So it's, um, you know, like I said, the, these guys just put in the work. And hey, listen, don't feel too bad. At least I, I won't only speak for Damone. Don't feel too bad for him. He's been in the league for six years. He's got a Super Bowl ring, which is a lot more than most NFL players could say. His ass ain't going broke anytime soon. You know what I mean? But just my, my heart breaks for, for people that I know personally like him. And I'm sure it's, you know, a largely the same um, around the league. So anyway, uh. Right. And by the way, I'm putting up a couple comments here and there that we get. If you're watching this on YouTube side of Marino, of course, on audio. Uh, Roy Collins says a lot of these guys we cut today had to know they didn't have a true shot at making this roster. It's a good point. And, and listen, we're, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that, too. There's guys that come into this camp and their goal 
They know they're not going to make their roster. The goal might be to get on the practice squad or their goal is there's 31 teams around the league right now that are, you know, watching every single film of every single practice, every single game. So you're putting out film kind of like uh, you're, you're building a resume, even if you know you're not making this team. So sure, every practice and every game is important, even if you know that you're uh, not making the team. Um, big news today, I suppose, Ath, a trade, which is a ritual now with Brandon Bean. I mean, it's almost like if you didn't wake up today expecting some kind of trade, then I don't know what to tell you. You, you haven't been following Brandon Bean too closely on cutdown day. Um, not sure this one was expected, though. Boogie Basham gets traded to the New York Giants, and I kind of feel like maybe the Giants are going to become that new Buffalo-Carolina connection, but Boogie Basham to the New York Giants in exchange. It was Boogie Basham and a seventh-round pick in 2025 in exchange for a sixth-round pick in 2025. So essentially, the Bills gave up a guy that they drafted in the second round who was going into his third year for to move up one round from, from a seventh round to a sixth round two years from now. Uh, let me turn it over to you first. What are your thoughts when you heard this? And you've been traveling, you've been busy, you've been meetings work-wise in and out the day. So uh, now that you got time a little bit to kind of reflect, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so one, I mean, I was surprised by it because I think there'd been so much talk about other moves and things taking place. And I thought Basham had done good enough, I guess, during what I'd seen in the preseason. I mean, flashed a little bit here or there. And sometimes you can look and say, oh, well, they they drafted him in the second round a couple of years ago. So you just you almost look at the investment and say they're going to keep him around. Um, but that trade compensation, I mean, that is basically that's basically a favor. It right? is. I mean, a 2025 pick swap you know, a player in a seventh for a pick in the sixth is is next to nothing. And when you look at that, you almost have to think to yourself like, all right, you know, Boogie Basham was at best defensive end number five on the team, right, with everybody, with everybody healthy. And uh, as it came about, maybe there just wasn't a spot for him and Joe Shane and Brian Dable taking a chance and just saying, look, again, this pick swap is is nothing too crazy. I mean, it's not even in 2024. Um, so when I say I was surprised, yeah, I was surprised, but I certainly was not like, what is Brandon B doing? I think for a lot of folks, it brought back some emotions when they were scratching their head about the pick in the first place back in 2021. But, you know, I don't look at the roster right now and think that the team is any worse or the Super Bowl window has changed or anything along those lines, like I still feel as good about this team as I did before. It's just one of those that you, you know, it brings back some emotions for, uh, for some folks. Well, let me tell you this. <laughs> I can attest you might've been, it might be a good thing that you were working today and that you were busy and that you didn't have time to spend most of your day on social media, especially Twitter, because as you would suspect, Shit got pretty ugly with the Brandon being, you know, some of the over-the-top criticism. I get the the anger. Look, well, firstly, there's two things. I'm surprised for two reasons. Number one, I would not have been surprised that Boogie got traded if Vaughn Miller was going to be on the active roster to start the season. Then I, that would not have surprised me whatsoever. But later in the day, and we'll talk about Vaughn in a few minutes here, um, it was announced that he's going to start the season on reserve PUP, which means he's going to miss the first four games. So because of that, I was a little bit surprised. 
And quite frankly, I'm a little bit surprised because based on what I saw, and look, we talk, we talk about this last week a lot. You and I are no football experts. We're no film gurus. We're not GMs. We're just two content creators who really like watching this team and, and talking about them. Okay. That said, I did go to five practices at training camp and I thought Boogie Basham looked good. And then we all watched the preseason and I thought he played pretty well, especially early on. I know he had, at least he had a sack. He kind of sort of almost had two sacks. He had some moments. He flashed some. I thought he was looking pretty good playing the run too. So I, I, I'm kind of surprised because I thought he looked good. And when he first got traded, I based on me thinking that he looked pretty good, I was like, all right. I think I might have even tweeted about something like this, which in hindsight was a horrible tweet. But I was like, all right, well, you got a second round. You put a second round pick in for him. And a couple of years later, you're going to flip it for a fourth because you just feel he's not going to work out. That's not so bad. Of course, <laughs> ain't getting no fourth round pick for him. Um, again, a swapper of seven to a six. But yeah, my, my point is, Ant, us not being experts, I liked what I saw from him this summer. That's I think that's why I'm a little bit more surprised than anything else. Well, and I think when it comes down to it, so, and again, then you try to, you, you take the time later and you're trying to rationalize some things. Uh, certainly Kingsley Jonathan played well during camp, played well during the preseason, undrafted free agent out of Syracuse. So he showed some things. And listen, I, I think for many, I would have thought that eh, maybe Shaq Lawson is done in, in Buffalo. But we know what yeah. Shaq is to the locker room as kind of a, a veteran leader when it comes to that group. And, you know, maybe you look at part of that when you talk about Von Miller going on the pup list and missing those first four games. The Shaq Lawson gives you a little bit more. I mean, Leonard Floyd, I guess, does too. So I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it in, in some ways right now. But as I said before, I don't look at this team right now and think, oh my gosh, you know, not having Boogie Basham and having Shaq Lawson makes this team that much worse. I'm not looking at it saying it makes the team that much better. I feel the same about how they're going to do this season, regardless of that move. I'm glad that you bring up Shaq Lawson because I feel like for the last maybe two to three weeks, the talk is focused on if there wasn't going to be a trade, that Shaq Lawson would probably be that veteran who would be out. And a lot of the reasoning was, well, first of all, he's had kind of a quiet camp in preseason. You already know what Shaq Lawson is. He's a, he's a good run defender as an edge. He's a good character guy. He's a locker room guy. He's not a great pass rusher. You know what you got with Shaq Lawson. But anyway, the, the sentiment seemed to be, all right, you're going to cut Shaq Lawson and you can get him back in the practice squad. He sat out there for a long time in free agency and nobody, there was no real interest in him. And he likes being in Buffalo. So you figured you could cut him and you could bring him back. And, uh, you know, no harm, no foul, so to speak. But here's the thing, and this is what I heard today. I, if you want to call it a source, call it a source, whatever. But I feel one zillion, and I tweeted this, one zillion percent confident that this is the truth. If Boogie Basham did not get traded to the New York Giants, Boogie Basham was getting cut at 4 o'clock. And the reason being is because even with Vaughn Miller going on PUP, from what I've heard, Kingsley Jonathan just flat out, straight up, outplayed Boogie Basham and beat him out. Whatever their evaluation is for however they were evaluating these defensive ends, Kingsley Jonathan flat out outperformed and they valued him more than they valued Boogie Basham. Quick little side note too, they're saving about a million dollars or so in cap space 
with this trade with no real dead or act after the dead cap hit. But anyway, the money aside, because I don't think that's uh, that important. But yeah, from what I heard, Kingsley Jonathan just flat out beat him out in, in whatever competition they had going on. Well, and again, you're talking about your so what in this situation, your sixth defensive end? Six right? when I mean, you got but once Vaughn's back, yeah. Yeah. So once, you know, when it comes down to that, and it's like, listen, if here's a guy that put in the work that showed that he was the better player, then you know, then it is what it is. And maybe for Boogie Basham, you know, maybe this is a little bit of the wake-up call. You know, maybe he needed. I mean, even when the Bills drafted him in the second round, I realize it's not the player that everyone wanted, but he was regarded as a second-round prospect by most of the draft experts that were out there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, I just don't see the need to get upset over it. And uh, like I said, for me, it just, you you move on. We're good. And that's fair. And that is fair. And I will say this about Boogie Basham, too. And not to defend Brandon Bean, because I'm about to criticize him a little bit here in a second. But it's not like Boogie Basham entered the league and, like, this was a reach pick. He was, like, I remember pretty well leading up to the draft a couple of years ago. Was it 2021? Boogie Basham was graded pretty much as high as a very late first rounder, generally somewhere around the mid at to late second round at worst. It's not like this guy was a projected third or fourth rounder that they reached for. The criticism at the time, at the time even, was, well, you just drafted Gregory Rizzo and you're coming back with another defensive end. You can argue they needed offensive line help. You know, that's easy to say now in hindsight. But anyway, in terms of the player, it wasn't a reach at the time. He was graded. Generally speaking, by all these guys, you know, Dane Brugler, all these people that we follow every year around draft time, he was graded right around somewhere in that second round. So it wasn't a reach. But that said, and you're right, the Bills are not going to win or lose a, a Super Bowl because they just traded Boogie Basham today or because he didn't work out. I agree. That's the bottom of the depth chart right now. But I'll, let, let's say this, because a lot of people, again, going back to Tuesday on social media, people are either murdering Brandon Bean or Brandon Bean can't do no wrong. You know, it's kind of like, God forbid you have a little bit of balance and, and uh, objectivity here when you're talking about this. But look, I don't care how good the Bills are. And I know they're still uh, uh, one of the better teams in the NFL on paper. We'll see how the season plays out, of course. But when you draft a guy in the second round in 2021 and you're flipping him for a seventh and a sixth round pick two years later, or and I'm going to go there with Kyrie Lim right now. You're drafting a guy in the first round in 2022 who, as of right now, is the CB4 among boundary corners. I'm not even going to count Teron Johnson right now. He's your fourth corner on this depth chart. Not officially, but trust me, he is. He probably ain't going to play week one unless something changes with an injury. It's not good, man. Not a good look, dude. I know you hate hearing that. We no, no but here, here's, here's, what I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to say, right? It's like, I don't, I mean, speak for myself. Sure. I spend so much of my time, right, when it comes to following sports is dedicated to the Buffalo Bills. Between mm -hmm. family and work, I don't have time. You know, I don't have a baseball team, a college football team, a hockey team. It, it is the Buffalo Bills, and this sure. is what I follow. So if you look at other teams, right, guess what? Their general managers have misses too. Sure. And I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, the San Francisco 49ers, obviously, 
with some of the biggest blunders that are out there, right? And even the Miami Dolphins, right, where they went through a stretch of their picks in the first and second rounds were horrible. So when we look at this, I think it's just a matter of what are the expectations? And again, as fans, like you want the team to be great. You want them to hit on every pick, right? For me, it's like, yeah, I remember what the team was before Brandon Bean. And no, I don't just say, hey, you know, he's never at fault for anything. No, that wouldn't be realistic either. Right. But I know what this team looks like since he's been here. And I remember what the team was like before he got here. So, sure. yeah, there's going to be some misses. And for whatever reason, if those misses fall in the second and third round a bunch, but he continues to get a Gabriel Davis and a Christian Benford and a Dane Jackson and a Teron Johnson. You know, these guys in these mid-round picks, like at the end of the day, it's just the sum of all the parts. And it can be, again, well, hey, what if you hit on this second-round pick or that third-round pick? Yeah, I I totally, totally get that. But it's to your point earlier, you know, Cody Ford was not someone that was thought poorly of. He was not looked at as a, a reach. Neither was A.J. Epinesa. Neither was um, you know, Boogie Basham, who you mentioned, or Zach Moss. No one complained about these picks when they came about. I mean, they complained about Boogie Basham because it was another defensive end. Let's but, pull up, let's pull up their day two picks during the Brandon Bean era, not Cody this year. Because I and by the way, I largely, and I mean largely agree with you. It's not like there's a bunch of scrubs. Let me read them off because again, sometimes I forget more people are actually listening than watching. But picks during the Brandon Bean era, starting from most recent. James Cook, Terrell Bernard in 2022, Boogie in 2021, Spencer Brown in 2021, Zach Moss and A.J. Epinesa in 2020, Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary in 2019, Cody Ford, too, in 2019, and Harrison Phillips in 2018. These are all the day two picks from the Brandy Bean era. Are they all complete hits? No, of course they're not. Not a lot of stinkers either, really, outside of uh, Cody Ford, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, it's right. And and you made a great point. I want to highlight what you just said, too, because he's done a great job on day three. And you forgot about Teron Johnson, all the guys you mentioned. Teron Johnson was a fourth-round pick in 2018 as well. Dave Davis and Dane Jackson. So I think think you're right. It's fair to criticize. But let's 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 not go too crazy. And you're right about the other GMs around the league. Look, it, and it's totally fair to criticize, but again, like we can look at things and say, oh, you look at what the Eagles have done. Like, yeah, they drafted Jalen Rager before Justin Jefferson or the Chiefs. And One it's like, pick yeah. before him. Yeah, you know, that's the team that drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, you know, we you go through with all of this. I mean, the 49ers, we just saw what happened with them. Three first-round picks to move up and get Trey Lance. Like all. So what I'm trying to say is just, teams miss and it's okay to be upset about it but just be realistic too and i felt like there were some overreactions out there today a lot you want to you want to question it that's fine but to be like i don't even need to like kind of rehash some of the things i saw it's just like relax because guess what the hits outweigh the misses they do and you know how social media works just imagine if boogie goes on to play be a really good player for the giants too we're going to get Wyatt Teller all over again, and it's just going to be, it's going to be nauseating. I will say, too, I am critical of Brandon Bean at times, and I think it's fair. You know, your, your colleague at Buffalo Rumblings, Bruce Nolan, has said this, and it always resonated with me. When Brandon Bean or any GM who's ever been a, a GM is perfect, then we got no right to question them. 
But if they're not going to be perfect, then we have a right to objectively sure. question them. I want to put up a tweet that I put out earlier because I think this best sums up how I feel right now about Brandon Bean. I, I said, am I annoyed that Brandon Bean and the staff wasted a second round draft pick on Boogie Basham? Yes. Am I pleased that Brandon Bean and the staff had the mindset to cut their losses and not continue to roster a guy who was beaten out just because he was a high draft pick two years ago? Also, yes. You know, if you think if you conclude that Jonathan Kingsley or Kingsley Jonathan and Shaq Lawson are both better for this roster right now, and you get rid of Boogie, whether you cut him, whether you get a you know a bag of peanuts for him in a trade, I actually think that they deserve praise for moving on from a guy who was picked in the second round. You don't just hold on to him because he was picked in the second round and you don't want to look bad. And by the way, he still had two more years of a cost control contract and they still traded him. So that definitely tells you that they value these other guys more than they value Boogie Basham. You know what the pick was that most Bills fans were upset with that Brandon Bede made ever? Hmm. Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh, people. Were I was. And, and again, I know some people are probably like, you can't always just pull out the Josh Allen card, but it's like, all I'm saying is when you think of the, the overreaction to a move, that one was the biggest overreaction of people just claiming they were done with the franchise and what was taking place. And this quarterback from Wyoming and, you know, things have worked out. Okay. So it, it, it makes it, it makes it fun when you're talking about these moves and when you're in a Super Bowl window and not when you are looking to end the drop. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, I am back with Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings. We are going over the Buffalo Bills. Actually, we haven't really gotten into the Bills' cuts on this uh, Tuesday and talk about the roster, the kind of the state of it, at least a little bit um, going forward from here. Another piece of actual news today involving the Buffalo Bills was Vaughn Miller, which is not really, I don't know if you are surprised, and I really don't know what to tell you, but the Bills decided that Vaughn Miller will remain on a PUP, which means he's going to miss the first four games of the season for sure. He can't come back until week five. I might elaborate a little bit more on that and say that they're playing in London in week five. I very easily could see a scenario where the earliest he comes back is week six. Brian Dable, New York Giants, we just talked about coming to Sunday Night Football. That might be the uh, the debut of Vaughn Miller, which, again, if you were listening to him at the beginning of the training camp, if you're listening to Vaughn Miller, and I love me some Vaughn, and we've talked about this on the show before, if you're listening to what Vaughn's telling you in terms of predictions, don't do it, man. Don't do it. But anyway, uh, on a serious note, Vaughn, I'm going to assume you think this is the right move because I certainly think it is to play it safe with a guy like him. Yeah, I did not think he would be ready for week one. I thought if he came off the pup list, it might be along the lines of, listen, he can practice, he can start to get back into shape. Maybe he's mm-hmm. going to come back in, you know, in week three or week four or really to sort of ease back into things. But but let's look at this too. I think this is, um, it's protecting Vaughn from himself. It's probably protecting Sean McDermott from being tempted to to play him sooner right. than you need to because guess what I mean and, and look if the Bills um if the Bills win in Week One against the Jets we're going to overreact in one direction and if they lose we're going to overreact <laughs> in another and at the end of the day right those first four weeks I don't want to say that they don't matter of course like you have to get into sure. the playoffs but you know last year yeah hey the Bills are thirteen and three during the regular season lose three games by a combined eight points. And when you looked at their roster going into the playoffs, no Micah Hyde, no Von Miller. Um, Obviously, right, everything that took place with DeMar Hamlin, like the whole team banged up. Like it's not about being healthy in the first half of the season. It's about being it in the second half. And they are so much better with Von Miller on the field. So take those first four weeks, ramp up as you need to, and and come back, and, and hopefully he looks like his old self. Yeah, man. First, look, you have this is why you go get a Leonard Floyd, too. Totally. You know, you go get Leonard Floyd for, in part, this reason. The guy's had at least nine sacks, three straight seasons. Greg Rizzo is going into his third year. You got AJ Vanessa, Shaq Lawson, Kingsland, Jonathan. He has it right now as things stand as we record this anyway. Um, yeah, it's 100% the right move. And I, I like your point. Sean McDermott, you're saving Ball from himself, you're saving yourself the temptation. Do the games matter? Of course, they do matter. And they are playing the Jets and the Dolphins. You know, I wish we could kind of redo the schedule a little bit and get two non-divisional games, two more in there um, before he gets back. I will, too, also caution you. We did this last year. Not necessarily you. I know I did. You start talking about when Trey White was going to be back. And all it was, remember? All it was was he will be back by their bye. He'll be back against the Chiefs. He'll be back for the final week after the bye. It, It took a lot longer. So let's not... Take it 100% for granted that Vaughn Miller will be back in week five. That's when he can be back. Yeah. We don't know for sure that he will be. Obviously, we hope he is. But- no, and that's, a, and that's a good point. I was certainly in the same boat that you were last year with Tredavious White. And let's just 
again, you can be patient with it because you have someone like Leonard Floyd on the roster, Gregory Rousseau, as he continues to ascend, like, I feel okay with what is there right now. And obviously I'll feel that much better when Vaughn comes back. Yeah, for sure. And look, he will be back just hopefully and hopefully soon, but don't rush it. He's too important. Yeah. He's needed in January. You signed him. You, you, you brought him in to playing January games, not September games or even October games for me today, Tuesday, as, as we're recording this or streaming this, my single favorite story if you would have, if we would have been having this podcast, just imagine this. Early January, you and I are shooting the shit before we get into our finish of sentence and arguing about which Rocky is the best movie and all that other bullshit that you and I usually do every week on this show. If we would have been having a conversation that DeMar Hamlin would be back, that he would make this football team, he'd be playing for the 2023 Buffalo Bills. If you would have told me that, Anytime in January or February, I would have said you're off your rocker. Totally. But yeah, here we are. Demar Hamlin has made this football team. And you and I were talking before we uh, started rolling here tonight. He earned this. Yeah. I felt like going into camp, and I want to get your take on this too, but going into camp, I was like, yo, this is going to be some really, really bad PR for the Buffalo Bills if Demar Hamlin doesn't make this football team. Like, he better go out there and be really bad afraid to hit and we saw that those questions were answered he looked good at practice he looked good in the preseason your boy earned this and that's what makes me really happy like this is no charity roster spot given you know the extenuating circumstances what happened last year i feel like at least i feel this way he completely earned his spot on this roster and i love that yeah and no one would have faulted him if he um was a little gun shy when he came back Right. If he, you know, didn't look like himself, if he was hesitant, any of those pieces with everything that he had gone through. Mm -hmm. But he was saying all the right things, right? All of a sudden it's just like, okay, he's going to be out there. That first training camp, that first preseason game, that first practice and pads, right? That you you think back to to that. And it just has been no hesitation, really no question with with him. And and it's just uh it's nice to see, right? I mean, you're you're always going to remember what took place. And and again, just, you know, for him, you, you hope he remains healthy and everything that goes forward with that. But to your point, he he earned it. None of this was a was a charity piece or just like, hey, it would be bad PR or anything along those lines. Uh, and good for him. It's great to see him in uniform. It was great to see him in the preseason. And uh and let's see what his role looks like in the regular season. I mean, now with Micah Hyde back, of course, Jordan Poyer, but you know, whether it's on special teams or whatever it may be, um, let's see what it looks like for Hamlin this it, year. It feels like a Cinderella story to me. It really does. And I've always thought about this as a movie. And, you know, it's like he had to make the team though to make the movie. Like for yeah. this movie to come out in theater someday and give you that happy ending. And look, who knows how long it'll last? Who knows how long it'll stick with the Bills or even in the league? But the first time he sees an NFL snap during the regular season, to me, that's that's the Rudy moment. That's the, you know, in my mind, you could carry him off the field, carry him out of the stadium because he did it. You know, and I know that might be a little bit corny, but when you look back at the guy literally died on the football field momentarily. And now he's, he's made this, he's made this roster. D Marlowe did not. And I, I respect the D Marlowe. I like him. Maybe he'll sure. be back on the practice squad. But again, just like we talked about 
you know, with Kingsley Jonathan earning a spot on this roster, um, DeMar did as well. And, and circling back to him real quick, are you a little surprised that Kingsley Jonathan did make this roster? Like when you look at the cuts today, and we'll start to get into those now, like is he one of those players that maybe you're at least mildly surprised that he's on this 53-man roster? The initial one anyway, for sure. I'll say this. I'm not surprised and not for anything that that I saw or any of like any insight that I had, but we've talked about this before. There, there are certain beat reporters that when they say things, sure, they, you know, you listen to a lot of things, but when Sal Capaccio says like, Hey, this guy's got a shot. I don't know. Like, and you know, it's, and Sal will preface things all the time by just saying like, listen, I don't have any inside info. It's not this, but he's around the team so much. Right. I mean, traveling with the team, seeing how these guys maybe, you know, carry themselves or who's out on the field first, what they look like in warmups, who they're warming up with, who they associate themselves with. So when you hear someone like Sal say that, I always sort of, you know, keep that in mind. And even as he was talking yesterday, he was saying like, hey, I could see one of these guys getting traded. And Boogie Basham was one of the three names that he mentioned. So he was talking about Kingsley Jonathan enough um, even as we saw different stories on him this year, him being featured um, at buffalobills.com, you know, sometimes with those things, it's like, okay, that doesn't happen by mistake. So I'm not um, too surprised, and I'll say I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at this time. Um, Joe Marino, I, w- I remember watching practice with him, and he was talking him up pretty well, and he kind of became on my radar a little more since then. And I remember he did a couple of nice things when he played a little bit last year uh, for the Bills. Plus, he contributes on special teams, and he's a pretty good special teams player. So I'm sure that had something to do with him uh, being on this roster right now. Let me pull up on the screen, and I'll read them off, of course, on the audio side. Um, and by the way, the other surprise, for, at least for me, is Alec Anderson, offensive lineman. But that might be short-lived, and we're going to talk about that in just a couple minutes here. I'm going to run off on not all the roster moves that, they, that the Bills made today, because there's just a hell of a lot of cuts. But some of the players that uh, you know we've talked some about, Eichbacher got cut. Um, Cameron Klein, a defensive end, got cut. I've I read reports. I think it might have been Ryan Talbot that says that the Bills want him back on the practice squad. A uh, running back, Darrington Evans, got cut. Reed Ferguson got cut. It's a paper transaction, folks, so don't get alarmed about that. He's probably chilling in the parking lot. He's coming back. That's just so they can make a couple IR moves. Um, Richard Garage, a young offensive tackle who looked pretty good in preseason. He's among the cuts. Jamarcus Ingram, a corner who looked great. Uh, in Chicago last week, he got cut. Annie Isabella, probably the biggest name uh, to get cut. Ty Johnson, who they just brought in last week. A.J. Klein, at least for now, he's cut. We mentioned Dean Marlowe, uh, running back Jordan Mibbs. David Quisenberry, um, cut. Tight end Joel Wilson, who um, there were reports that the Bills want him back on the practice squad, which would probably mean Jay Sternberger, who got cut yesterday, um, won't be back. Place on injured reserve, worth noting, by the way, Matt Barkley. Now, this is different than Vaughn Miller. Matt Barkley being placed on injured reserve means he's done for the year. His season's over. So he won't play for the Bills this year. He's either out for the year or they can work out some kind of injury settlement at some point if he wanted to go somewhere else. But Matt Barkley will not be a Buffalo Bill this year, at least not on the field. Um, We already talked about Vaughn Miller being on reserve PUP. He misses the first four games. And then Boogie in the seventh rounder in 2025 for a sixth-round pick in 2025. I I ain't going to lie to you. I still get pissed off and annoyed when I when I see that trade. But again, we just spent a lot of time talking that out. So I'm over it. Still a little bit uh, annoying. But anyway, I'll, I'll pull that up in a second. Is there anybody on that that you see and you're like, hmm, you know, th- th- this is pretty interesting? 
You know, I it, it, probably the most interesting thing right now is Matt Barkley going to IR. So, right, he was placed on injured reserve before this. So he, that means he is done for the season, right? So it is not yeah. one of those where, you know, He's a player done. makes the 53-man roster, then they go on to injured reserve, some of those roster gymnastics. We're going to see that tomorrow, by the way, on Wednesday. We're going to see some roster oh, gymnastics totally. tomorrow. So, but I think the most underrated piece here, and, it, you know, hey, we can talk about Andy Isabella. We can talk about, obviously, Dean Marlowe or we can A.J. Klein. The Bills are going to need to add a quarterback to their practice squad, right? Mm -hmm. And that, it'll be interesting to see the direction they go if they bring in someone like a Matt Barkley, right? Someone that's a, a veteran that has that type of presence to run the scout team and, and be that that third arm and someone that they could elevate in, in case there's some sort of an injury, or do they go with someone that's a little bit more of a developmental uh, younger guy, right? One or two years out of college, maybe shown some things, certainly some guys that have recently been cut. To me, that's the part that's probably the most intriguing because, you know, let's be honest, people really weren't enamored enamored with uh, Kyle Allen and his play in the preseason. The rumors out there and, you know, Brandon Bean certainly not denying it, that they made an offer for Trey Lance. Like, yeah. what type of quarterback are they going to bring in for the practice squad? To me, that's probably the most, uh, the most exciting thing that could take place. Um, Roy Collins commented to Vaughn on PUP trading bash and made room for Kingsley Jonathan. He might be the cut guy when Vaughn comes back. Absolutely. Look, if all the defensive ends stay healthy and Vaughn Miller is back, say for week five, then somebody's got to go. It could be Kingsley. It could be Shaq Lawson. Uh, we'll wait and see, but that's not something we're gonna have to worry about for, you know, at least five, six weeks. Um, when I look at the guys who got cut for me, and if I'm going in again, let's not pay any attention to Reed Ferguson. I'm most satisfied, and I want to be careful. I want to go back to the beginning of the show where I just spent a lot of time talking about Damone Harris and the human element. These guys lost their 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 employment today, at least, even if it's just temporary. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to kick somebody in the ass on the way out. I just think that's a low-class thing to do on a day like today, at least anyway. But I didn't feel like David Guizabari earned a spot on this roster. And I'm mildly surprised, and in a good way, in terms of football, that the Bills moved on from him. I think they could do better, whether that's already on the roster or whether they find somebody out there um, on the waiver wire. In terms of performance, guys who I felt like were maybe the toughest cuts, um, Cameron Klein, a defensive end. I thought he looked really good. I, a lot of people were talking him up a lot. And then Jamarcus Ingram. I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to think I'm crazy, and I get it. I, there was a part of me that woke up today saying, I know there's no chance Kyrie Elam was getting cut. And I'm not suggesting the Bills should. They'd be crazy to cut him right now. But I thought maybe he could potentially get traded in part. First of all, they would get better than what they got for Boogie. But also, the compensation, and it might open up a roster spot. I thought Jamarcus Ingram, long story short, what I'm getting there at, uh, and I feel like he earned, based on his play, he earned a roster spot. So that was a little bit uh, disappointing. Eichbacher, another a guy who's fought really hard to get back from his Achilles. Who knows if he's, you know, going to be back on the practice squad uh, or not. As for AJ Klein, I'm not surprised he got cut, but I, I also think he might be back, by the way. Interesting one on Ingram. Uh, our buddy Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com said he would not be surprised if he is someone that got picked up on waivers from another team. So, you know, yeah. always when you look at these cuts, you're thinking to yourself, and you can talk about uh, Andy Isabella and Ike Botker, and AJ Klein and think to yourself, you know, Ingram, 
are one of these guys going to, are they going to clear waivers? There's always that fear of right. like, oh gosh, if you cut Andy Isabella, what's going to take place? You know, we will, we will see. And again, there still needs to be some of those roster gymnastics. I don't think the Bills are just going to have five wide receivers on their active roster. I mean, you already have Khalil Shakir banged up. If you've got Justin Shorter going to short-term uh, injured reserve, and then if you've got Isabella, if he truly is cut, you, you know, to me, I would be surprised that they're only keeping five on the active roster. But, you know, we'll give it a day or two before things look like they're, you know, it's never set in stone, but let's, let's just say it's settled down a little bit. Let's uh, let me remind people too who are, who are watching this live on video or listening to this on the podcast. So we're recording this. It's it's it is after 10 p.m. right now. The initial when I said initial 53, I mean quite literally, it's just the initial 53 because Ian Rappaport is reporting that uh, Jermaine Affetti, who's an offensive lineman, a former first round draft pick in 2016, uh, he's got 83 starts under his belt, potential swing ta- swing tackle. He's going to be signing, likely to sign with the Buffalo Bills. For people out there who don't know anything about him, he's been with Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta. Um, didn't have a good 2023 because he was cut by both Atlanta and Detroit just over the last uh, couple months. Uh, Alec Anderson is, and the reason why I bring his name up is because Alec Anderson, you know, reports surfaced that he wasn't on the cut list, so he made the initial Bills 53. That might be short-lived. Because I don't know that the Bills are going to go with 10 linemen, and I feel like Alec Anderson right now, or Ryan Vandermark, one of those guys um, could be out with the Fetty very likely um, coming in right now. Let me say this about Alec Anderson. The Bills love versatility on the offensive line, and he does play center guard, and he played left, or he played some right tackle. Did not look good at right tackle on Saturday in Chicago, but he's had a good camp, and and he's played well at, at other times. I have, if you're watching on the video side, Sal Capaccio put up a, a, well, it wasn't up to the minute depth chart. We talked about roster gymnastics. Let me explain to a couple of people right now who might not know um, some of the things that are going to be going on with this team. So two players who made the 53-man roster, rookie Justin Shorter and linebacker Balen Spector, are both going on IR on Wednesday. That's going to open up two roster spots. We already spoke of Reed Ferguson. That's a paper transaction. He will be back. That's already been done. There's no cap damage or anything. So he was the perfect candidate to do that. So once you take Shorter and Spectre off the active roster and you put back Reed Ferguson, which Sale did on his thing, you're left with 52 guys. So you still got room for one more guy. As things stand right now, the Bills only have five receivers, which you talked about. And I do want to point out because uh, uh, somebody who was watching the show said Isabella doesn't have to clear waivers. That's true. But Andy Isabella could also go sign with another team tomorrow. He doesn't have to re-sign with the Bills. The Giants, the Rams, somebody could say, hey, man, we got a better position for you on this depth chart or whatever. Or we could give you a couple more bucks, whatever it may be. There's, he doesn't have to sign with the Bills, but he also doesn't have to clear uh, waivers, Isabella. Nor does A.J. Klein. But anyway, as of right now, Ant, the Bills only have five wide receivers, like you mentioned. And the Bills also only have five linebackers at this time because Spectre's going to IR. So you have Matt Milano, Tyrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams, and Tyler Matekovich. Tyler Matekovich is a special teams guy. And Bernard and, and Dorian Williams are young players who have been hurt. Bernard hasn't seen a snap this preseason. And Dorian Williams did not play in the finale against Chicago because of a calf injury. How do they not add a six linebacker with this open spot? 
No, and I know you can make you can make just as strong a case for wide receiver as you can as linebacker and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. So it really comes down to how close is Terrell Bernard to coming back? How close is Dorian Williams to coming back? Because let's be honest, I mean, Tyler Matikavich is not seeing the field. He is special no. teams only. Sure. And that is it. So and he's a fourth know, quarter blowout guy. If you're up by 30 in the fourth, he's going to be out there. That's pretty much it. Right. So as much as it pains me to say, because I look at it and say, you have to add a wide receiver, right? Andy Isabella is the guy that is coming back um, as noted uh, in the comments, right? Like he doesn't have to clear waivers. Just go wait in the parking lot as, as we like to say, and, and resign with the team tomorrow. Good to go. But if Bernard and Williams are not good to go, it probably has to be a linebacker. We know how much Sean McDermott um, values AJ Klein. He's not going to get you know interest from another team. I don't see that happening based on how things went. I just worry sometimes. I feel like they have such a heavy rotation on defense. Sometimes, you know, with a defensive-minded head coach, is he forgetting about the offense uh, a little bit here? I would say, so uh, this is guesswork very well by, if you're listening to this late Wednesday afternoon, I could already be proven wrong, but I feel the addition of the offensive lineman that they're going to be signing, if they haven't already, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Jermaine Fetty, I think he comes in. I think an offensive lineman goes out. I think they're yeah. gonna, they have nine. I don't Now in 2019, they did play with 10 linemen on the roster. I don't think the way I look at this roster right now and what they got going on, I don't see that. So if he's in, that means either Alec Anderson or Ryan Vandermark, one of those two guys are probably going to be waived and then hopefully back on the practice squad. So that's how I see that playing out with the new addition. For that open spot, I, I agree with you, I think. Um, it's going to be wide receiver or linebacker. You make a good point. Bernard and Dorian Williams, those guys both got to be close to 100%. Anyway, if it's somebody they're bringing back, I think it's either Isabella or I think it's AJ Klein. It's got to be one of those two guys. or Again, they might go get a wide receiver from another team or a linebacker sure. from another team, but I, I, I'm pretty confident it's going to be one of those, um, one of those positions. I, I look at this roster, and we're going to talk about the roster here over the last 10, 15 minutes or so. But and somebody pointed this out: John Sanders says no true swing tackle. I agree, and that's one of my biggest concerns right now with this roster. We've talked about this on the show throughout the preseason. Offensive tackle depth was my biggest concern, and that alongside middle linebacker, and I, and then. I, as of right now, I still feel like it's a concern. I just don't feel like Jermaine Effetti's coming in and our swing tackle worries are, you know, behind us now. Um, what are your biggest concerns when you look at this roster right now? Besides, or, uh, Let me ask you this, because, again, that's too easy. Beyond middle linebacker or beyond um, swing tackle, you look at this roster and, and what are you seeing? I'll, I'll be real. I'll be real. wrong guy that. <laughs> no, I'll be real honest with you. I'm good. Yeah. Like if you take middle linebacker out of the equation, that's the only thing that you look at and you shake your head. Yeah. Everything else I, I look at and it's just like, okay. Yeah. Once, once things settle, if there, you know, is that six wide receiver, you're good there. Like the tight end group. I like the running back group, right? Great to see uh, Damian Harris back. Defensive end. Good. Cornerback, good. I needed to Basically see Damian good. Harris Saturday, by the way. I needed to oh. see him. I needed to see him carry the ball. I'm glad he scored a touchdown. 
I had questions about him. How, you know, what, what's he going to be? Is he healthy? Uh, I'm glad those were answered because that was becoming a concern of mine. Yeah. I mean, again, so if I look at things right now, I just, not to say I wish there was another preseason game because that's not the case, but I, I wish there was an opportunity to see Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams play more in the preseason. That would probably be the piece because you think, right, how everyone felt after the Steelers game is poorly as the offensive line played, as poorly specifically as your tackles played, people were freaking out. You come back, you get another opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. They look great against the Bears. Listen, the Bears' defensive line is not the Steelers' defensive line, but regardless, right? Hey, everything's clicking. Okay, everyone's feeling better. I felt like we didn't get that opportunity with Bernard and Williams because of the injuries. You don't want to rush them back, but almost like that you could have that opportunity to just say, hey, you know what? I saw Terrell Bernard out there for two series. I feel good about how he looked or what he was doing or he was in command of the defense. All right, I can kind of put that to bed and feel better. Um, you know, and you didn't get that in the game against the Bears from Terrell Dotson or from A.J. Klein. So, you know. I know you said outside of middle linebacker, but it's really just about middle linebacker. It is. That's it. it is. Um, a, a viewer says we're keeping 10 offensive linemen because of a lack of a true backup swing tackle. I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Like I said, you're going to keep 10 offensive tackles. That means you're keeping five receivers and five linebackers each. I just, I don't see that happen. You have a couple guys on the offensive line on your practice squad. Then if injuries happen, you, you bring them up and you elevate them to, um, to the active roster. It's worth pointing out, didn't talk about this. Khalil Shakir didn't play last week. He's got ribs, a rib injury. There's a potential that he might go on IR too. And if he does, there goes your Andy Isabella problem right there. Very, very likely. Um, assuming that the Bills still like Isabella and that he just fell short. You put Shakir on IR, then you bring Andy Isabella back, and then maybe you still have that extra spot as well. So then maybe you get your linebacker, you get your sixth linebacker, and you get your sixth uh why or your fifth wide receiver, but Isabella would be in and uh, Shakir would be out. Well, what about QB2? I mean, we didn't talk since the last game. I, I feel like not counting middle linebacker or right tackle, that seems to be the other hot topic right now. I know a lot of people like to say this, and you know, you have your things that bother you. It bothers me a lot when the when people say, well, you know, if Josh goes down, the season's over. That's true. It's true for a lot of teams. But you know what, Anthony, and I did a little bit of research on this too. Sure, backup quarterbacks usually don't matter, but don't tell me that they never matter because that's sure. not true. Go back to Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl um, with the Eagles. Go back even further than that. Um, Doug Williams won a Super Bowl as the backup quarterback with Washington. Jeff Hosteller, if you're a Bills fan and you've been around long enough, you saw a backup quarterback beat the Bills in the Super Bowl back in 1990. Doesn't matter most of the time. No. Can it matter? Yes. And if it can matter, you should do whatever you can to make sure your backup quarterback is as good as you could possibly do. Are you sold that Kyle Allen, even though he's on the roster right now, are you or are you not sold that he is the, the QB2 two weeks from now? No, I'm not sold on it because, um, well, one, the Trey Lance news that took place over the weekend. So that was something to say like, okay, the Bills are certainly taking a peek. And, and mm -hmm. now it comes to with the injury to Matt Barkley. Um, and I like, I, I really like Matt Barkley, the person, but like he should not be your backup quarterback, right? So when that really became the competition there, him going on injured reserve, as we talked about before, 
it's going to be real interesting to see what the team does because if they bring in someone that's got some starts under their belt, let's say they bring in a PJ Walker, like, okay, we've seen this guy playing NFL games before, mm-hmm. you know, give you something different than what you get from a Kyle Allen. All right, that's going to be interesting. Or are they going to just bring a, you know, Jake Fromm got cut and it's like, okay, you know that he's nothing, but he's just going to be that practice squad quarterback that he kind of knows the system. He knows the guy's not going to ruffle any feathers and it's an easy person to come in. So um, I think to your point, if they bring in a Jake Fromm that you just know is not going to contend for that backup job, all right, then if you want to get a little heated about it, you can. If they bring in someone that's got some starts under their belt or some real upside, maybe let's say, um, you know, then you can feel like, hey, maybe over the next five or six weeks, they could challenge that you could see a little bit of a flip there from that practice squad quarterback getting elevated and maybe Kyle Allen getting released and then getting picked up on the practice squad. I am, as you were finishing talking, I had to I had to look this up in real time just to make sure I don't screw up here. Uh, I wanted to see if he got cut, and I can't tell right now. So we're going to quarterbacks, and I'm like thinking about Trey Lance and how the Bills reportedly, you know, made an offer, a low offer, well, whatever, an offer nonetheless, which tells me they're certainly not married to Kyle Allen. If you're married to Kyle Allen being your QB2, then you ain't trying to trade, right? So, like, who's out there? And then I'm thinking, well, any quarterback that comes to Buffalo right now better be head and shoulders above Kyle Allen on a skill level because the one thing Kyle Allen does have the benefit of is four to five months in this system right now where somebody coming from the outside is literally starting from scratch, right? Except for one guy. And we talked about him, or I have certainly before recently, and that's Case Keenum. Is Case Keenum better than Kyle Allen? Case Keenum knows the system. I don't know. I still can't find it if he got cut. I don't think Case Keenum got cut, though, which would tell me that they're keeping three uh, in Houston with the rookie starter. So maybe if that's the case, then he'd be off the table anyway. I Listen, don't know. I, I, I'm, I've said this before, but like last year when Case Keenum was playing in the preseason, Bills fans were freaking out at how poor he looked <laughs> he was bad. in yeah. preseason games, right? So to your point, you can't just say like, oh, you know, we don't – you know, if Josh Allen goes down, but like there's nothing that Case Keenum showed to say like, oh, well, this guy would be better than Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's not it, not it either. And I like Case Keenum, you know, again, like great guy in the locker room, good personality, this and that gives you that, that veteran piece. But like, I don't look at him and say, oh, this guy's an upgrade over Kyle Allen. Like this is what backup quarterbacks look like. So it's sort of a, again, unless you're bringing in someone that maybe has that kind of upside, like a PJ Walker type that gives you something a little different, okay. But Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley, whatever, it's just like Nathan Peterman. T- take your pick of guys that have not just Nathan been, Peterman <laughs> been shuffling around for, no, but you know what I'm saying, though. They've I just do. been a backup quarterback for, for so long it's just like whatever it's just some random random backup i conclude that when it came to like trey lance it's kind of like the bills when we heard reports about them sniffing around alvin Kamara last year if you want to get a substantial upgrade and you're at least inquiring and if you can go get it go get it but if not you're just going to roll with what you got like the bills weren't desperate to go trade for running back last year they took a stab at you know a, a much better one or at least 
reportedly they did. I, I, long story short, I think Kyle Ellinger QB two. I do. I just, I don't know what's out there that's going to be a an upgrade over him at this point. If this was May or June yeah. and he looked like he did, then maybe. Anyway, to conclude, dude, I really, I, I'm looking at this roster, talking about the state of the roster. I know I'm sounding like a homer, which is funny because I am so not a homer, but I am really loving this roster right now. Assuming, of course, just like with Kansas City or Philly or all these other teams, Chargers, Miami, the starting quarterback stays healthy. By the way, Josh has started 71 straight games. Pretty remarkable with all the beatings that he takes um, weekly. But anyway, love the quarterback position. I'm really high on the running backs. Again, seeing Damian Harris on Saturday meant a lot to me. I, I feel like James Cook, James Cook, is really poised for a breakout year, too. I love the juice that he has. Receivers, I feel a lot better about the receivers because I really like Trent Shurfield. You know, last year it was all about the starters, and then I didn't feel like the backups were, were good between Crowder and Kumaro. Like, the drop-off was huge. I feel like if Shurfield's got to play some snaps or even a game or two for Gabe Davis, at least, we're going to be fine there. Um, tight end, <laughs> I love the tight end position. I mean, come on. Offensive line is, I like the starting offensive line. I, I think there's a lot of good depth in the interior. David Edwards is good. Ryan Bates is good. You know, those dudes are even starting. Let's hope Ryan Bates can become a right tackle if need be because the offensive tackle depth sucks, but the starting offensive line is good. I love the front four on the defense. I, I think it's deep. I think Leonard Floyd's a big addition. Take the linebackers. I hate the linebackers. And I, and I love the DBs. A lot of people are saying Poyer and Hoy or Hyde. They're scared that they might hit a wall. Dude, they're going to be fine. And they haven't played much this summer, and it's by design. Like, they're not seeing a lot of reps at practice. They didn't see a lot of reps during the game. They're fine. Trey White looks like he's going to be, you know, pre-ACL Trey White. Um, I like, we didn't even talk about Christian Benford. I, I like Christian Benford. I thought he was great against Chicago. Whatever they do with CB2, it'll be adequate. Might not be great CB2 play, but it'll be adequate. Where, where's the holes on this team, dude? Where? Get a linebacker. That's yeah. it. And it's like, listen, you're always going to have a weak spot in the lineup. So as I said before, let's see Terrell Bernard get back. Got a couple weeks before they play. If that happens, see what happens. Well, you know, by the way, Michael Andrew, bring back the GOAT, Nate Peterman. Dude, I'm gonna, that guy's going to be blocked from uh, watching the show. I'm sorry I even <laughs> brought up his name. I shouldn't have done that. No, it's funny. That, that, that is funny. Look, and also one last thing, too, before we go. This is preseason. You don't see shit in the preseason. You don't no. see motion. You don't see any, you know, trick plays. Nothing's getting emptied out of the playbook. This defense, you got to, going back months, Anthony, You, they did nothing at middle linebacker. You got to think there's reasoning behind it, whether it's going to be Milano playing more at the mic with only one linebacker, you know, this four defensive linemen and only one true linebacker with Taylor Rapp getting snaps as a second linebacker or whatever, these dime looks, you got to you gotta be confident. You got to think that Sean McDermott must have something up his sleeve because they're just, they haven't done anything at the position. It's just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel like when it comes to the linebackers, they're not showing us anything. And I like Dorian Williams, but that's another conversation um, for another time. I just, the state of the roster to me, just to, to wrap this up, I, I just... I'm really high on this roster. The competition in the AFC is going to be tough, though, and that's the thing. This is a tough oh. conference. If they were playing in the NFC, I'd be like, bring on Frisco. Let's get that NFC championship game over with right now. But this is a tough conference, man. No, it is. But it's going to be a fun season. It'll be here before we know it. It will. It will. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. 
Anthony, coming to us all the way from, well, at least near Cleveland. You'll be back home on tomorrow. By tomorrow, I mean Wednesday, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, make sure you follow Anth on Twitter at Anthmarino. Check out Buffalo Rumblings content there. You guys got a live show like every freaking night of the week, it seems, man. Good stuff, <laughs> man. Listen, it's, it's that time. It's a great lineup. Uh, great guys and girls that come together and just, you know, Buffalo Bills fans love to hear about the team and talk about the team and the crew's doing a great job. Yeah, they really are. And again, thank you everybody out there for, for whether you're watching this, whether you're listening to this, appreciate y'all take care, be safe. And I'll be back with a new episode real soon. Take care.